Three, and we're live. Okay, welcome to the show. This is the very first episode, episode number one of the Horror Podcast. My name is Mike, and I'm going to be your host for the show. Welcome aboard. Uh, if you're a fan of horror, then uh, you know what this is all about. I'm going to be talking about what I consider to be fantastic horror films, fantastic horror books, maybe short stories, maybe novels. Um, maybe they'll be short films, maybe they'll be epics, maybe they'll be new films you haven't heard of. The same uh, goes with books. I've been a fan of this genre. It is my favorite genre of uh, film um, and one of my favorite genres of reading. And I hope to translate that authenticity to you. I am in the process of building a studio. Um, but right now I'm working on getting some acoustic treatments for this room here as I build uh, a studio here. So for right now, I'm just going to be using my simple um, Surface Go laptop and uploading the first episode from there. And then uh, as time goes by and I get more things set up, will expand and hopefully the audio quality um if you're you know grumbling about it and you're like this sucks uh, more is on the way and uh better quality audio is on the way um, i'm also going to be having and i've already lined up um some guests who are going to uh sit down and we're gonna just uh rap about some uh some horror films or some sci-fi or some fantasy and uh hopefully you'll enjoy that you could be a lifelong fan like me, or you could be uh, relatively new to the uh, to the genre. And hopefully, there'll be something for everyone. The background for me, um, growing up with horror, goes back. I'm from the Mid Atlantic area, um, the Philadelphia area, South Jersey, New Jersey, to be specific. Uh, goes back to the '70s and the old uh, television character uh, WPHL. Um, Dr. Shock, who every weekend would have one, maybe two horror films for people to watch who were fans. It's definitely a niche market. It's not for everyone. Um, but I sure enjoyed them, and uh, I enjoyed watching them growing up. Uh, a little later on, uh, we had some other local uh, channels on the weekends that would uh, broadcast a Creature Double Feature. So as far as I can remember, I've been watching and reading horror sci-fi fantasy. Um, this is something I've always wanted to do, to just talk about horror, sci-fi fantasy. I, I could do it all day. Not a problem at all. Um, so let's get to it. The first film, the film I want to talk about today, uh, goes back to what I consider to be the foundation of horror uh, in cinema. And those are the old Universal Classics. Um, we're talking about uh, Bela Lugosi uh, and Dracula. Um, we're going to be covering that um, in an upcoming episode. Um, we're talking about uh, Boris Karloff in Frankenstein, Lone Chaney Jr. in The Wolfman. Um, you know, believe it or not, I've never actually seen Creature from the Black Lagoon, and it occurs to me that there could be young people out there listening to this who say, you know, who say, you know, what the hell, who the, you know, what the hell is Creature from the Black Lagoon? I've never seen it, so 
I think that's something that's definitely going to be on the uh, upcoming list. But the film that I selected for the first episode um, goes back to 1932. Um, and it is one of the universal classics, which is almost 90 years old. And it stars Boris Karloff. Um, if you don't know who Boris Karloff is, uh, Google it. Uh, Google up Boris Karloff, B-O-R-I-S-K-A-R-L-O-F-F, -F, Boris Karloff. And I see um, at the top of this page, I wrote a quick note, and it said, Karloff is great. Um, and it's just, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, and this is his 1932 edition of The Mummy. Now, some of you, maybe many of you, uh, only relate to what you probably consider to be an old movie um, from the 90s uh, called The Mummy, uh, which tells the story of Imhotep. And um, it's an enjoyable movie. I mean, it still holds up to this day. It's a lot of fun to watch. But this is, to the best of my knowledge, um, the original. And I have most of the Universal collection, um, the Universal Horror um, movies um, on DVD or Blu-ray. This movie was something I just watched uh, for the first time, um, I believe, uh, just a few days ago. And there were other movies that I could have talked about that, you know, I had seen many times, tried and true. You know, I, I certainly would watch them again to try to give you some current information or, you know, my newest opinion. Uh, based on what I saw, uh, but this was something I had never seen before, and so I wanted to do that and bring that sort of original uh, point of view um, to uh, this first episode. So you've got Boris Karloff uh, in The Mummy from 1932. Karloff, again, is playing uh, the character of Imhotep, so he might be the original Imhotep. I I'm saying that because I don't believe that there was a movie um, before Karloff's edition, I could be wrong. Um, and if you want to do a little research uh, after you listen to this and find out that there was, you know, post it up there. You know, I'm up for learning. Um, I want to talk about these things, but if someone's got another, uh, you know, historical point and says, oh, you know, there was something before that, um, feel free to put it up there. Karloff is the original Imhotep. In the movie, um, it starts out where the the British archaeology team has, um, you know, dug up because um, they're the British, and you know, it's it's the early um, you know uh, 1930s, and so they're bringing out films, and you know, the British are the heroes, and you know, no disrespect to the British, you know, whatever, but. They're digging up all these tombs and, you know, these sites and they're digging up bodies. And so they dig up this mummy and the mummy is Boris Karloff. And um, there are a number of other artifacts that they dig up. Uh, among them um, are a list of scrolls or a book or some small warning. As always, you know, there's some sort of warning to stay away. Uh, from the mummy, uh, this, this body, um, and, and you know, it's it is classic. 
you know, whatever you do, for God's sake, you know, don't, don't read these lines right here. And I remember from another podcast from quite a long, uh, from about a year ago, I, I was watching um, Joe Rogan because I was a Rogan fan, uh, more of a fan when he was on YouTube because I, I'm going to um, say that I, I enjoy watching um, watching his podcast or podcasts in general uh, more than listening because I, I tend to get distracted. Uh, kind of very easily. The, the visual, I guess I'm kind of a visual learner. The, the visuals are what uh, would keep me focused. And so uh, he had Rob Zombie on there. And uh, Zombie was talking about another movie, but from the same time period. And he was saying how, you know, the 1930s are so close to the silent film era, probably of a decade uh, just prior to that. And so, so many of these actors have been trained, trained um, for silent film. And so there's these big, over-the-top, exaggerated sort of actions and voices because they're making up for the fact that there's no audio in a silent film. So, you know, you might have some dialogue in the screen that, you know, addresses what's going on in the movie. But if you're watching the movie, I imagine that you could probably follow along nine out of ten times. But these actors now, in this new format uh, of audio film, are still carrying over, you know, that leftover kind of over-the-top thing, that high-pitched, whiny kind of thing. And, you know, there's this young guy as part of the archaeology team, and you can already see that the older people are sort of condescending to him. You know, they're calling him a boy. And, of course, he's the person that they leave alone with the secret scrolls, with the big sign, you know, right at the top, for God's sake, you know, don't read this or something along those lines. So, of course, you know, he's completely, you know, over the top and against the tone um, of, of what the movie, um, the vibe that the movie sort of generates, because it's a very... It's a very low-frequency uh, kind of movie. There, there's not a ton of dramatic music. Um, it's not a movie of jump scares. Um, it's a very lean production. Um, it comes in at just over an hour, about an hour and ten minutes, so there's no fat on it whatsoever, except for this, this boy um, who, of course, reads uh, the scroll. Um, and even that... Um, in that exact instant where he uh, reads the scroll, he pairs himself down. And instead of, you know, this dramatic sort of reading um, or, you know, this sort of over-the-top hysterical sort of read, he, he, he mumbles out this, these incantations. They're, you can, they're barely audible in the film. And I just thought that that was so great um, in keeping with what, I imagine the director and the performers uh, wanted to translate onto the film. Very subtle, um, very um, spare, if I haven't uh, used that word already. And suddenly, um, Karloff comes to life. And it's a very lean, understated performance. Um, you know, Karloff was this this very thin, sort of skinny man. Um, 
you know, not, not like today's actors, you know, the Chris Hemsworth and, you know, um, uh, oh God, uh, Hugh Jackman, you know, these big jacked guys. He was just this very lean, um, he wasn't any classically, you know, handsome, you know, actor or anything like that. He looked a little spooky. And he has these very intense eyes. Um, and it translates well for this performance. Um, the tone is just very dark. Um, like I said, there's very little music and Carlos, you know, comes to life. And the, 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 the makeup, the, there's no special effects. Um, the makeup um, is just fantastic in this grainy sort of black and white from 90 years ago. And he literally looks like a man who has not had, you know, uh, a drink of water in 4,000 years. Because I, I think that's just short of how long he's been uh, mummified. Um you know, his skin is just drawn and dried, and he, he just looks like a living piece of like beef jerky. And so he comes to life and just sort of disappears. Um, and then maybe, I, I think 10 years passed, like instantly, 10 years passed. Um, they realize that the mummy is missing. I, I don't think that the other people realize that, you know, this Imhotep character has come back to life necessarily. Uh, but the, the boy, and I, I don't want to give away too many spoilers. I'm just, you know, giving you a little setup here. Uh, the boy goes insane uh, based on what he sees or experiences, uh, which is not exactly filmed. Um, there's a lot of suggestion. Um, which I find to be uh, just fantastic, um, just fantastic work. Um, it's just everything, many things are just kind of implied. Um, it's very, it's very more, much a less is more um, kind of philosophy in the production. Uh, Karloff appears... Um, Later in the film, when you realize 10 years have gone by, as this uh, character, Ardith Bay, uh, who you, um, the viewer, understands is the mummy. Um, but, of course, you know, the other characters do not. Um, it's not at all like um, the 90s version where, you know, he slowly consumes people and you know, the CGI, he's constantly coming to look more human, you know, from this half-rotted thing where, you know, he's only got half a skull. Um, even 10 years later, um, he doesn't look, he looks very drawn out. Um, you know, like if you could just draw the water, all the water uh, out of a body. Uh, he, he looks like a mummy. It's not about you know, wrappings around the face or the body or the, the arms or the legs or the torso or anything like that. It's completely about his look. And there are so many, um, not so many, but there are quite a few, several, um, shots where they simply focus on his eyes and this sort of dead stare he has. Um, 
because you realize that there's a very low uh, vibe working inside him, but it's extremely powerful. Uh, and I think one of the things I thought up until maybe even halfway through the movie is, you know, is this character evil? I mean, when you think about it, there's a bit of a backstory there. Um, but I mean, he's been dug up out. I mean, they've essentially dug the British Museum in its, you know, quest for quote unquote science has dug these things up out of the ground and now sort of brought um, these people because, you know, that's who mummies were. They were people before they died and, you know, were mummified, um, brought them back to life. I mean, they didn't really ask anybody's permission and, you know, there's no, uh, you know, criminal record that you can look up, you know, on the internet like you can today. And so a question I always sort of ask, and I have this conversation a lot with uh, friends when we discuss films, um, is this particular person, uh, is the antagonist um, simply an antagonist or is he evil? You know, is it circumstantial or is he you know, just a, an evil person or an evil thing, uh, so on and so forth. So, you know, that uh, very much a recurring question. Um, when you look at uh, Karloff's um, previous, I think it's, it's a year earlier, uh, where he plays um, the Frankenstein monster from, you know, um, Shelley's book, Franken the Frankenstein monster really isn't evil. He isn't an evil character. He's this um, man who's been assembled from body parts. I mean, other people have been digging up graves, chopping up body parts, and assembling a humanoid um, body out of that and trying to bring it to life. He doesn't ask for any of these things. And if you ever um, have an opportunity to read... Um, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, I would highly recommend it. I, I am a huge, huge, not only am I a huge horror fan uh, when it comes to books, but I'm just a huge fan of books, period. Uh, I've been reading um, sci-fi, fantasy, uh, all genres uh, of, of this, um, all types of books for as long as I could read. And that still goes today. I just had a book arrive from Amazon today. Uh, anyone that knows me, uh, knows that I'm just a huge fan of reading. But one of the books that I would highly recommend is Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, but coming back to the point, um, this character, um, the Frankenstein monster, hasn't asked for any of these things to happen to him, and he's treated ex with extreme cruelty. I mean, his first introduction to the quote-unquote modern world um, is, is cruel. It's a cruel experience. So I asked myself the same question, and I ask it quite often throughout, you know, many types of movies that I watch. Um, is the Karloff character evil? Um, is it sort of a pet, you know, um, you know, a pet cemetery thing? Uh, well, maybe those things in pet cemetery were evil, <laughs> okay? Uh, but I mean, you know, if you bring someone back to life, you know, and then they haven't been alive for four thousand years, and then you thrust them in the modern world. And they kind of lash out, you know, because they have had to catch up on 4,000 years of living. Um, does that make them bad? Um, 
it's it's an interesting question or it's interesting to me i think it's an interesting question period so i don't want to give away too much um about the ending of the movie um i think um uh, it's definitely a movie that's safe to watch with kids absolutely safe to watch with kids um i think you can take into consideration because now I mean, so many movies are just so CGI heavy. They're so CGI heavy um, that, you know, a kid could watch a movie like this and say, that's it? You know, that's the, you know, that's not scary. One of the things I, I think most important is to understand the issue of context. And that from a 1932 perspective, um, viewing audiences had never uh, seen anything like this ever before, ever. So, yeah, um, this must have terrified uh, audiences. And I remember, you know, um, my parents, uh, who were not quite that old, uh, but growing up later in the 50s, um, you know, talking of their experiences going to scary movies and to horror movies, and then watching them, and, you know, they were a little scary. Um, even, you know, when I saw them for the first time, and, and now I just enjoy them for fun. But, I mean, at the time, that you know, you haven't seen anything like that before, and it just it must have been horrifying. Um, so Karloff's performance, Karloff himself is just, I don't know much about Karloff, actually. I should do some more reading on him um, and the actors. Um, but I mean, his performance is just amazing, uh, very, uh, understated again. You know, I, I can't say that, um, enough. Um, there's nothing really overtly supernatural, um, about it. Uh, have movies moved on since 1932? Yes. Um, is it still a fantastic performance? Is it still a fantastic movie? Yes. Um, are you going to see some things that are a little, you know, when you, you talk about these actors, you know, some of the other actors, the co-stars, um, you know, they still got that over-the-top performance, and you've got this impression that, you know, Karloff is just doing a completely different movie. You know, it's like everybody's like, you know, guys meeting a girl, and, you know, he tells her from day one, you're like the very next day he loves her, and, you know, the girl's not freaked out or anything like that. But, you know, it, it, again, it's that sort of over-the-top, I think, sort of training that they received from working in uh, silent films, now translated into audio. Um, there's going to be some adjustment going on. Um, but Karloff, um, as Imhotep, um, is just fantastic. Um, he's just a buzzsaw. He's, he's just buzzsawing through everyone and everything. You also see um, a few characters that you'll see in other uh, universal classic films, um, including the uh, the foil here, uh, the guy who understands uh, what Karloff actually is or who Karloff actually is, um, later plays uh, Professor Van Helsing. Um, in Universal's production of Dracula. So there's that. Um, 
But uh, like I said, I don't want to give too much away. I hope um, that you'll take this opportunity uh, to give it a shot. I don't know if you could dig it up on Netflix or I just happen to have them on um, on DVD. Um, I think a long time ago I bought them for my mom. Um, <laughs> I know that sounds really strange, but um, you know when she passed, I just kind of inherited some of those movies. Um, but you know uh, they're they're still fantastic. They still hold up. I just saw this movie for the first time um, maybe 48 hours ago, um, and I, I wanted it to be fresh in my mind for this recording. And it's just, it's great. So I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, I'm not going to go on. I think that's pretty much all I have to say. I'll be back next week uh, with another production and maybe even a little better audio quality um, as I get this uh, studio set up. Uh, all the very best to you. Enjoy the films. And uh, I guess that will be all. I'll see you next week for episode two. Bye, y'all.